0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Anime Independent Podcast for the week starting the 1st of July. Before we get into the many, many news articles that have been going on this week, let's discuss what we'll be talking about on this week's podcast. We are going to be discussing three anime in particular, just skimming the surface with early episodes of Flip Flappers, the latest anime from MVM, who have just released a Luxurious. Special edition with a 200 plus page book with interviews and all sorts of cool stuff in it. We'll also be talking about two new simulcast series that have just aired their first episodes and those are Island and Hannabad. So, let's talk about the news. God, it's been busy this week. Uh, Let's just talk about the things that aren't sales, if we can possibly do that. So, let's talk about the fact that we have... Kohimi Embu Ryorai Rai being released on the PS4 and Steam on July the 13th, so not long to go. This is a terrific one-on-one fighting game. The trailer's up on the website, and if you want to get some practice in, <laughs> even though I just said we're not going to talk about sales, the first game is on sale on Steam. It is a terrific anime-style beat-em-up. It's set during the... Three Kingdoms era of Chinese history, so if you like Chinese history you'll recognise some of the character names. They've added a couple of new characters, it looks like it's going to be a blast, so July 13th that's coming out, I will grab hold of a copy and chuck a review up on the website so you can figure out if you need to spend your pennies on it. And speaking of games, Manga Gamer have announced a new adult RPG called Evenical. Weird name. Now they sent me some promo pictures for this. And I thought, oh, this looks really cute, and then I opened a couple of others and went, no, this isn't cute, this is this is hardcore porn. And so, if you are an 18 plus gamer, this could be a, an interesting game for you. It is an RPG, it's all set around the fact that in a fictional land, you are not allowed to get married unless you're a knight, in which case you have as many wives as you want. So, you, as the titular knight, are going to slay monsters and wed many women. So, it's basically a harem RPG game, so dunk yourself out. Again, there's a gallery, safe for work gallery, and a trailer up on the website if you want to go and check that out. And Funimation have been busy. They have announced a slate of new summer releases, and uh, many of these are coming to Crunchyroll as well, in fact. And I have put trailers up for all of these if you want to go and have a mild taster of what is to come. So, the first of these is Chio School Road. This is the simple story of what happens to a girl on her way to and from school. And apparently it's a bit bonkers, so that could be an interesting one. We've got Dies Ile, I assume I'm pronouncing that correctly. And this is, at the end of World War II, sorcerers use the lives lost in battle as a ritual sacrifice in an attempt to resurrect a group of supermen, whose coming would signify the world's end. Well, doesn't it always? So that sounds like it could be uh, quite bleak. If you like bleak, wall-based anime, that one could be for you. The one we're going to be talking about shortly, which is Hanabad, also known as the badminton play of Ayano Hanasaki. This is, obviously, when it's on Funimation, it is simul-dubbed, but this is on Crunchyroll, uh, which I've watched it on anyway, so it's subtitled. This is a sports anime based on Kusuki Hamada's manga, uh, wherein the coach of a struggling badminton team, team spots a perfect candidate for membership in Ayano Hanasaki. Uh, the only problem is she hates badminton, so a bit of a mountain to climb there. And we'll be talking about that first episode shortly. We also have Harukana Receive, which is a beach volleyball anime. All the sports. And this looks cute as hell. Very, very cheesecakey by the look of things. Haven't seen the first episode of this yet. This is based on the manga by Jizai Nioi. The story takes place in Okinawa, where Haruka forms a beach volleyball pair with Kanata. Ganata, who couldn't handle the pressure put on her by her short height, had given up on beach volleyball. I was convinced by Haruka to step back on the sand once again and aim for the junior tournament. So, underdog tale, a la dodgeball. (laughs) Probably not quite as funny, but something along those lines. And yes, it looks stunning. Uh, So I'll definitely be having a look at that. And finally, the other anime we will be talking about shortly... Island. Now, this is a visual novel adaptation. It is a mystery set on an island and involves time travel, and we'll talk about this later, but that is out now, in fact. So, announced and available, if you are interested. And here is a real winner. Lego Ideas have announced a Voltron set for Lego. And this looks incredible. This is probably one of the biggest Mecha Lego sets that have ever been released. It is a whopping 2,321 pieces as an RRP of 159 dollars 99 and it will go up on sale on August the 1st. So you've got four weeks to save your pennies. And it has five buildable and posable lions that can be transformed and combined to create the giant Voltron Super Robot. And if you want to see some pictures and all the specs, then go to the website and they're all thrown up there for you so you can geek out if you're a Lego fan or a Voltron fan or if you're both, probably pass out with joy. And, skipping the, uh, the sale one, we should go on to a little bit more detail on a Switch exclusive game from Marvelous called Gal Metal. This is a rhythm action game with a bit of a twist because you can set your own beats to the music and then you practice them. While you are playing, you wipe out Alien Invaders. It looks wacky as hell. It's got a really sort of, I don't know, punk style to it. It's very sort of simple animation uh, or simple designs, but looks wonderful, moves really well. Music is a blast. There's a trailer, all the information taken from the Marvelous Blog up on the Anime Independent News section. So you can jump in there, have a look, and see if it's going to be one for you. But this is a Switch exclusive, and I'm hoping to get a copy of that to review for you as soon as I can. (sighs) So... That's the news. Now let's move on to the anime that I have seen this week. And the anime I've seen this week, uh, three of them, we have Flip Flappers. Now I did a unboxing video for this special edition, limited edition unboxing uh, thingamajig on the YouTubes. So I've started a YouTube channel for the anime independent, which is <laughs> bold. And essentially just I go through everything that's in the package. And there's some really nice stuff. Postcards, bookmarks, the actual book, the inside of the... Uh, DVD case itself, it's so much sort of packed into this. For what you're paying, which I think is about £55, I think it's really good value considering how much extra stuff's been chucked in there. Uh, so this all on Blu-ray. Obviously, there's been the controversy with DVD being pulled back by Australia and America. They're forcing everybody now up onto the uh, Blu-ray platform. So, Little Birdie tells me that that may well be happening in the UK within the next six months so by the time we get to the 2019 slate you may start to see a decline in dvd sales now i have sent a few interview questions to a certain anime distributor i'll be putting that up on the website soon and we'll probably have a discussion about that next week to see whether or not uh dvd being deprecated is really a serious problem for anime collectors or if it's something that is you know just natural progression everyone's got ps3 or a PS4, I can all watch it on, on Blu-ray. But I'll try and bring somebody on that can give us both sides, and we'll go through that. But let's talk about the actual show itself. So Flip Flappers, it is the story of Papika and Coconut. They are a pair of girls. Papika is a very... Oh, she's just bonkers. And she belongs to an organisation called Flip Flap, And she has to go into the world of Pure Illusion to find these gemstones that can give ultimate wishes at least that seems to be the premise i've seen the first two episodes of this it has really kind of blown me away in terms of just the differing styles of it now one of the things i really liked about the first episode is they go to an ice planet uh, is more like a (laughs) icing sugar planet because the ice tastes really sweet and they see these trees that are covered in snow and they're called snow monsters Now, if you've not been to Japan, in the north of Japan, they actually have these, and they take pictures, and that's what they call them. When trees get so covered in snow, they just look like kind of bent-over, wormy-type shapes. They call them snow monsters, and that's what they've used in this particular first episode. So I thought that was a lovely detail. And as the girls get to know each other, uh, obviously, uh, Papaka is bringing Coconut into the uh, flip-flap fold, and (laughs) Coconut really doesn't want to know. So it's uh, a little bit of an odd one as far as that goes. So as we get on to the second episode, after what could only be described as a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure style romp in the first episode, it's pretty clear that Coconut doesn't really want to be involved in Flip Flap, Uh, but... Paprika is not going to take no for an answer and keeps harassing her at school, enrols herself as a foreign exchange student, uh, gets involved in basically every aspect of poor old Kokon's life, and eventually they do go on a accidental sort of second mission. And what I really liked about what he did here was the animation style completely changes. And it goes to an almost uh, Beatles yellow submarine style animation. Everything is really oh, just surreal in this new Land of Illusion that they land in. And they've just got this great rapport in the series. They they end up working well together. But it's the... It feels to me very much like the animators we give free reign to just go bonkers and just sort of what's the most amazing thing you can imagine, now go away and animate it. So I'm really hoping that the rest of the series follows this example and takes you into lots of different animation styles. Now it reminds me of things like uh, Magical Shopping Arcade of Binabashi, which is a pretty of an old series. But they also went into different dimensions and the animation style would change depending on the dimension that they were in. So in one of the episodes there, they go into a giant robot anime style dimension and everything sort of super exaggerated and very sort of genki, I suppose. And it's, yeah, a really, really good show. And this kind of emulates that energy and that feel. So I really enjoyed that part of it. I love the ending theme. It was the cutest thing ever. And... I don't know why. Normally, a character like Paprika would really irritate the hell out of me. She's really over the top. She's really—you oh, just can't keep her away. She's sort of super energetic and quite exhausting. But I actually find her really endearing. So I didn't get the usual kind of "oh, I can't deal with this. It's too—it's too, it's too much—that I usually get with these super high-energy anime. I really liked it. So I have to say, I think. Flip Flappers could well become a favorite, not just because of the story, but on a technical level, I'm fascinated to see where they take the show next. So if you are a fan of just animation in general, uh, just animation styles, if you're a student of animation, this is a really good show to get into. Uh, It's been compared to Furry Curry. It's been compared to Gurren Lagann, just in terms of the style, in terms of the energy. So if you like either of those shows, then this is one probably worth having a look at. And yeah, I would say Flip Flappers, if it keeps this up, is probably going to become one of my favorite anime. I just think it's great. I can absolutely understand now where all the hype has come from for this particular show. And I think that any opportunity you have to watch this. I mean, if you've got a Crunchyroll account, it's available on Crunchyroll. I think it might be on Funimation as well. So if you go on and have a look there at the first few episodes, decide if you like it. And then invest in what is probably one of the nicest limited editions I've seen this year. I think mean, this really is MVM taking Anime Limited on at their own game. And I think winning. Because unlike Anime Limited, as well as having a really nice presentation what's on the disc works as well. So it's kind of like double win for MVM on this one. Uh, so yeah, I would say the Flip Flappers Special Edition, great show, great extras, love the I haven't even finished reading the book yet. There's so much in it. And I would absolutely heartily recommend this to anybody who is looking for an action show and a bit of fun. So that's Flip Flappers. Let's move on to the two premiere simulcasts that I have watched today. So I decided I would get myself a tub of ice cream and uh, fire up the Crunchyroll account and have myself a little watch of, first of all, Island and second of all, Hanabado. So let's start with Island. Now this is based on a visual novel. I didn't realise or remember this going into it, but (laughs) weirdly enough, as it went on, it became really obvious that this is based on a visual novel. Now part of this, you have a male protagonist who wakes on a beach, And he's got no memory of who he is, except for the fact that he's time-traveled from the future to the past. And he starts to remember that he has to save someone and he has to kill someone. So it already sets up this central mystery, which is very efficient to say it does this in like the first few minutes. He then ends up meeting uh, three girls during the course of this particular show. And each of the girls he meets, he has a flashback to a romantic encounter with them, which again, hyper-efficient way of storytelling it. Uh, And I thought it was quite an interesting setup. So this starts off with Setsuna meeting Karen, who is the daughter of the mayor. Obviously got some problems at home. She's running away, and her father the mayor just seems to be a real prick. And she just sort of face plants... Sets his crotch on the beach as he's passed out because she trips up. And I wasn't sure how to take that. Bear in mind, she's a high schooler and it's a highly sort of sexual faux pas. And I didn't know whether to be shocked or find it funny, but I did chuckle. So I suppose I found it funny. Um, your mileage may vary, but it kind of sets a bit of a tone for this. There's, every time he meets one of the girls, he has like a sexualized flashback to them, which is a very visual novel thing to do. So, the next girl he meets is a girl called Rinne and she's a daughter of a rich household and she also believes she's a time traveller. She has long, sort of very light coloured hair and he meets her singing on the beach and she's got a beautiful voice, it's a great song. And he ends up as her maid, which is a bit of a weird twist, but she believes she's also a time traveller and she was washed up herself on the beach five years ago. So they've got a very strong connection and one morning he wakes up and she's just asleep with her head on the on the bed. She's kneeling down and has been watching him and he just says, are you in love with me? (laughs) I thought, oh my god, this is so visual novel. It was actually quite funny. If if you take it as a slight jab at visual novels and how blunt they are sometimes at the dialogue, then (laughs) this is a real blast uh, once you get into that sort of spirit of it. Very shortly after... He is met at the door by a young girl called Sarah and she is the local shrine maiden and she says she believes he's a time traveller and he must come with her to the shrine because she must tell him about his destiny. So intrigued as you would be, he follows her back to the shrine and she tries to kill him in the most slapstick way imaginable and completely screws it up and, and she's cute as all hell anyway, she's tiny. At one point, she's talking about setting a honey trap to get him next time because he likes flat chests and she's only little. So it's like, oh God, it's it's almost it's <laughs> visual novel overload. My head nearly exploded. But honestly, you watch it for what it is. It's actually, I found it quite intriguing. It's kind of got a J.J. Abrams puzzle box style to it. Every happenstance is a mystery waiting to be solved. Like, for example... Rinne is singing on the beach, and Setsuna starts crying, but he doesn't know why. And then she starts crying, and she doesn't know why. And they feel like they have a connection to each other. So that kind of thing really intrigued me more than, say, some of the cheesecake (laughs) this particular show did. But I have to say, I thought the island itself looked absolutely idyllic, and it reminded me a lot of the islands in Japan I've visited, like Sakurajima and Miyajima, where they make coffee and there's a shrine out to sea. But I mean, certainly with the weather as it is at the moment, and I'm sure we can all relate, given that there's a massive heatwave in the UK at the moment, just the sort of blazing sunshine, the the rays of light coming down from the sky, shielding their eyes all the time, and the, the lap of the water on the beach, and just the most beautiful architecture. It just looks phenomenal. So I love how this anime looks. I find it almost soothing to watch. And I find Setsuna to be quite an interesting, if blunt, character. And the three girls that are involved in the show so far all seem to be fairly interesting and have slightly mysterious pasts. I guess we'll unravel that as we go along. But overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good show. It's something I would recommend. I can't speak for how the rest of the show is going to go... I'm really hoping that they give you some answers to the questions as they're posing them so you don't just get question, question, question the whole time. It'd be nice to see some development as as we go along and not just everything revealed in the last episode. So I'm rather hoping that they get the pacing right for this show, and I think it's going to be crucial as to whether it's successful or not. Uh, but if you want to see or read a more succinct version of my thoughts on this particular show and see a gallery of some of the absolutely gorgeous imagery from the show, then go on to Anime Independent. I've put up an Island First Thoughts article and you can see it all there for yourself. But I mean, you'll see what I mean when you look at the the graphics on this. It is the most gorgeous looking, idyllic, coastal style show. And yeah, I grew up by the coast. So for me, it really speaks to me. And I would recommend this if you want to uh, lose yourself for half an hour. I think it's pretty terrific. That said, let's move on to the last show that I have seen this week, which is Hanabado, which is the badminton show. Now I used to play badminton quite a bit, and I played for the school team, so I have a sort of vested interest here. I very much enjoy badminton. I'm a big fan of the game, watching it, playing it, I mean it was pretty obviously sponsored by Yonex given that that, uh, that logo is everywhere in this show and it's essentially got a few protagonists in here so we've got nagasaki who is the club captain she was beaten in a tournament finals and she's never been able to get over it she's kind of well i was the best and somebody beat me and now i'm doubting everything and she starts taking out on the team and subsequently members start leaving because they can't deal with this horrific training regimen she's putting in she's obviously got some pretty serious issues Now weirdly enough, there's two transfer students, so you've got Ayano and Eleanor, who's Ayano's best friend, and Ayano is playing tennis. Now it turns out that she's the girl that beat Nagasaki at the finals. Now I have to say, watching the show, none of this was particularly clear in the way the story was being told. I got quite confused with who various people were. And I don't think the characterization was that strong in the first episode. I thought the scenes of playing badminton were terrific, certainly when they were doing the uh, the big matches. But when it came to figuring out who people were and what the motivations were, I thought the storytelling was a bit a bit weak there. So I've cobbled it all together since then, and it's kind of straightened itself out in my head. So Iona's playing tennis because she still likes playing racket sports, but doesn't want to play badminton for an undisclosed reason. And in the end, Ellen just sort of like drags her into the badminton court and says, you you need to play badminton. And you've got a pervy coach that spots her playing tennis, and he's like, wow, you've got all these natural talents. You're left-handed, and you've got the the natural suppleness to your wrist, and everybody thinks he's a massive pervert, as you would if some strange man walks over and starts feeling up your fingers. (laughs) It's going to be a sports anime. Clearly, you are... Going to find elements of shonen in this, and at one point, one of the side characters even says, "Oh, it's just like a shonen manga." I was like, "Oh, that's a bit on the nose, but okay." Uh, You know, I thought Island was blunt. (laughs) This is taking it to a whole new level, but it was okay. It was moderately entertaining. (sighs) I don't know. I, I found the character motivations to be so vague that I want to tune in next week to actually find out what the hell's going on. It wasn't really very clear from the first episode of this. Everyone's got issues. I think that's what we can take from it. Everyone has issues. Everyone's going to have to sort them out before they can play some proper badminton. But I get the feeling we're going to be getting into tournaments and it's going to be sort of training montages. And if you like that kind of thing and you're a big fan of badminton, then I think you're probably going to get a lot out of this anime. If, however, you are sports animated out, or you prefer the more sort of superheroic antics of something like My Hero Academia, whose second series was just tournament fighting, effectively, on the school sports day, which would have been slightly more spectacular than just lots of people playing badminton, then you may find this one a bit dull. I am on the fence with it. I don't know if I really like it or not. I will tune in for another episode, but if it doesn't start getting a bit clearer and a bit more, oh, I don't know, just a bit more focused... I mean, it just needs to get to the point. I mean, it's like you've seen this so many times before. You've got somebody who's talented but doesn't really want to play and they get dragged in and then suddenly they're brilliant and they bring everybody else together and then, you know, you've got two rivals and you've got the one person that drives the other person on and they hate each other at first and they become best friends. And it's been done to death. Just setting it in a badminton club doesn't make it a new show. It's just taking an old trope and giving it a different coat of paint. So I'm not so sure I'm on board with this one. Let's say I'm going to watch the next episode. I'm going to see how I get on with it, but I'm not massively convinced by it if I'm being completely honest. Next few days I'll put up my more succinct more thought, thought through thoughts for you. God, that's not easy to say. And you can see what you think. And yeah, I don't know. I really don't know with this one. I think it's it's going to be a, it's currently on the fence for me. Not entirely certain that I am going to want to uh, continue with this one for too much longer. So that covers all the anime I have seen this week. And hopefully it's given you a steer on some of the things you might want to watch as well. The last thing I'm going to cover in terms of series is going to be this manga series I've been reading called Watakoi, which is Love is Hard for Otaku, written by Fujita. Now, this, I think, is a terrific book. Now, the Kodansha version of this in English actually has volumes 1 and 2 of the Japanese edition, so you're kind of getting double bubble for your money there, which is really good. Uh, It's another cheap book. It's coming in at, I think, about 15 quid in the UK. I think I've seen it for slightly less on Amazon. Uh, But this is the story of Narumi Mimose. She is what they call a nasty girl. (laughs) In Japan, she is into uh, Yuri and boy love comics. It's just, she's finding life a bit hard. All her boyfriends have kind of dumped her once to find out what her interests are. And the only person that really understands it is her childhood friend, Hirotaka. Now, there's no real big sort of surprise in here. The two of them get together pretty early on in the book. And I actually found this really refreshing for a number of reasons. It's a manga about older people which, when you're 39 like me, is actually a bit of a relief. Uh, You can't keep watching stuff about teenagers all the time. It also has some really good, realistic conversations in it about how people get on. So, you have the two main characters. You've got Narumi and you've got Hirotaka, and you've got their best friends, who are also very nice. Now, so you also have the friends Koyanagi, who is Narumi's best friend, and you also have Kabakura, who is Hirataka's best friend. Sorry, I'm trying to keep all the names straight. And they're a couple as well, and they just have the most ridiculous fights over the sort of most stupid stuff, and they've got quite a volatile relationship, but clearly very much into each other in a way that... I think everybody's got friends, uh, you know, that, that one couple that you can't quite see how that works, but they have their own rhythm, which is totally different to what you'd expect. And that's kind of how these two play out. And I just think they're a great foursome in terms of how they interact, the stories that they're telling. Just the lives that they're leading, which are typical salary men in Japan, and these people are just doing whatever they can to get on. They play games together, and they do karaoke, and all the sort of stuff that you do when you're an adult. And just the conversations about their futures and relationships, it's kind of, I suppose it reminds me a little bit of the BBC TV series Coupling. And it's slightly humorous, I mean there's two less of them in this, but it does have some really sort of poignant points to make about relationships once you get a bit older and expectations and the sort of childish things that you can't quite let go of. And trust me, as a guy that's engaged but has hundreds of Transformers in glass cabinets around the place... (laughs) I really understand that kind of juxtaposition between being an adult and still being a bit of a kid. I mean, I never lost that spark that when you get a new toy or a new figure, when you're a kid, you get this sort of like burst of excitement because it's like it's something new and you want to to explore it and you want to see how it works and then you get familiar with it and then you're looking for the next thing. And as an adult, I still have that. And sometimes it's a problem because obviously this hobby is expensive. Other times it's a source of joy and you really get that from this book with the way that these people love their hobbies, they know that they shouldn't be still doing these things, but they just can't quite give them up. And I think that gives the book a very, what is it, it really kind of speaks to readers like us, those of us who are into manga that are maybe a bit older and thinking, well, maybe you should be reading Tolstoy because that's what adults do, Uh, or Dan Brown books or whatever. But you can read whatever you want. But when you read manga, there is a kind of stigma attached to it. And you do feel a bit embarrassed when you meet new people about maybe telling them about your hobby or what you do and you shouldn't because whenever I have an office for any long period of time I usually put a glass cabinet in there and I fill it full of weird stuff and when people come into my office for meetings they're always fascinated by it my house is on the market at the moment and when the estate agent came round to look round he came round for 10 minutes to sort of take the particulars down he was here for like an hour and a half just asking me to go through the cupboards and show him what everything was and where it came from and explain it and things like the Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy statues which he kind of knew a bit about so he was fascinated by those I really like the way this book speaks to that element of my life. And because of that, I think it's just anybody over like 25, this is the perfect book for you. I think you get a lot out of it. And I have to say, you know, the anime is out. I haven't watched that yet. I'm kind of sticking to the manga for now because it's my preferred way of devouring the content. I'll probably watch the anime once I finish with this, but I don't want to skip ahead of the manga by watching too much of the anime. A little bit like what Bryony said last week of not wanting to go too far ahead in Ancient Mage's Bride in the anime, because she's enjoying reading the manga, expensive as that is. So, uh, yeah, I think Botokai is a great book and it's a highly recommended book from me. So, that's nearly wrapping things up. I mean, these podcasts where it's just me, I think about half an hour is probably about the, uh, the, the, the tipping point for when people are going, Oh, this guy's been going on a bit too long. <laughs> Shoot him. <laughs> so last thing I'm going to mention, and hopefully most of you've seen it by now, but we have our new mascot on the website, Zymbaractalin, which I mentioned, I think in the first podcast. Now I think it's stunning. It's got some of her work in the background on posters. I just love it. That she's taken what I asked her to do, which was just a redhead with freckles with a blogging vibe, and she's completely nailed it. So if you want to go and have a look at that, it's on the front page of the website. You can check our Twitter feed where you can see the full-size version of it. And yeah, I'm really, really happy with it. Now, because I'm really into my commissioned artwork and I like spending money with arty people to make me arty things... Uh, we're going to get a few other people to do some artwork as well based around this initial concept by Ractor. And Ractor will be coming back to do some more banner artwork for the website themed around like the news, the articles, the gallery sections. So as time goes on and as my wallet allows, uh, the site will get more of its own independent vibe. Uh, but at the moment, I mean, the banners in each section are just photos taken from my trips to Japan or, for example, in the gallery, we've got the Gundam bust, which I took a shot of. And I do a lot of toy photography, uh, mainly because I do a lot of photography for my clients. So having the light box and <laughs> access to a lot of toys two kind of go together. So, yeah, there's going to be some more artwork coming up. And next week, hopefully we'll have another guest on the show. May well even be Brianne again. We'll go through this uh, DVD Blu-ray debacle that's going on at the moment, which is leaving a few people a bit upset from what I've seen online, but we'll try and straighten all that out. I will hopefully have some feedback from one of the distributors by that time, and we can get a handle on what's going on there. But in the meantime, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed my thoughts on those three anime and one manga, and we'll see you again next week for more chat. See you later. At. Where can I find this wonderful free entertainment? Well, you can find the website at animeindependent.net. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash anime or even on the Twitters at animeindy. That's I-N-D-Y. See you online, folks.